What's going on, everybody? Brendan Schaefer back with you after a long hiatus for another episode of Be Shafe Daily. Excited to get things going. It's not the year we thought we'd have with the podcast, but now that baseball is just a couple of days away, I think we're ready to fire it back up. I hope it's safe. I hope we don't jinx anything. But the plan from here on in is to start doing baseball shows again on a, on a daily or semi-daily basis here with B-Shape Daily, covering Cardinals baseball, everything you need to know about the team as we enter the shortened sprint of the 2020 campaign for the MLB season. Excited to have you with me. Fire up this podcast once again. Shake the dust off of your subscriptions, your downloads. I would love to have you along for the ride as we get into the season. Not going to spend much time lamenting on what has been, you all know, as well as I do. It's not been a fun few couple of months with sports in general not happening because of COVID-19. But baseball will begin for the Cardinals officially on Friday. Some other games going on Thursday of this week. Today, July 21st, I'm recording this on a Tuesday morning following the Monday night news that we're going to dive into here today for B-Shave Daily. Talking about the Cardinals starting rotation, which has now been officially set by Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. And we're going to get into the debate, the conversation surrounding that fifth and final spot in the rotation. What it means for Kwon Young Kim, who shifts to the bullpen, just missing out on a spot in the rotation. And kind of where we think the Cardinals pitching staff sits as we approach the beginning of the season. So let's dive right into it. Last night comes the news from Mike Schilt in one of the Zoom interview sessions with local reporters. He's got the rotation set. He had already announced that it would be Jack Flaherty followed by Adam Wainwright for that first series. Last night he confirmed it would be Dakota Hudson for Game 3 against Pittsburgh. Not a surprise there the way the Cardinals have talked about Hudson. And we can get into it. He's probably the guy I would say Cardinals fans are most concerned about heading into the season regarding the starting five because there's just some level of uncertainty whether he'll be able to sustain the level of play that he had last season. Talking about the walks, leading the league in walks issued for a pitcher is not a statistic that you are necessarily excited to be a part of, but that was the case for Hudson last year. Got out of it, got away with a lot of things because of his ground ball rate and was able to get some timely double plays Ended up having a phenomenal season based on earn run average. I think he was around 3.35. He won 16 games. And so the Cardinals consider, look, this is a 25-year-old starter. We think he can even improve upon what he did last year. And in my opinion, that doesn't necessarily mean the numbers are going to be better. Because if you think he pitched over his head a little bit last year, okay, that's fine. I can concede that to an extent, even though I do believe his ground ball style of play is conducive to beating a statistic like fielding independent pitching FIP that a lot of people look to and say, if your ERA is much lower than your FIP, there's probably some regression to the mean that's coming for you in the next season. Possibly going to be the case for Hudson, but I do think there's a lot to be said for the fact that he's only 25 and can still improve as a pitcher, as we saw Jack Flaherty do from, you know, year one as a full-time starter to last year, his second season as a full-time starter, when mid-year he just went on a Bob Gibson-like tear. So, We could talk about Dakota Hudson, but I kind of did a little bit there. But he's going to be the number three starter for the Cardinals, pitching at home against Pittsburgh, and then they'll go on the road 
to face Minnesota and the pitchers for those games. Not necessarily in this order, Schultz didn't specify, but Miles Michaelis is going to be in the rotation after recovering from the arm troubles that he had early in spring. Remember, I don't, I don't even think it was uh, time yet for full squad workouts to have begun, and we already knew that Miles Michaelis was having some issues, but that's kind of a bright side of this you know, pandemic, if you can if you can call it a bright side, from a personal pitching perspective for Miles Michaelis, he would not have been ready for the start of the season. This time off gave him the time he needed to rest and recover and look strong so far. The Cardinals are obviously confident enough in his recovery that he's going to be penciled into that rotation as well. And the other name, the biggest and most interesting inclusion in the starting five, something I've been calling for um, for it seems like, you know, close to close to two years. Uh, really, it has been two years. I think in 2018, when Martinez stopped being a starter, it was a, a, late June when that took place, had a stint on the injured list, might have been the disabled list at the time. And then when he came back, the Cardinals said, there's just not enough time to ramp him back up to be a starter. So we're going to shift him to a, a short relief role where he can come out in short bursts, ended up being the closer late in that season for the Cardinals in 2018. Did a, did a fine job, but then we come into 2019 spring training and say, okay, Back to starting. That's what he needs to do. From 2015 to 2017, Carlos was an excellent starter. Ace-like performance from him in those years as a full-time starter. Get him back healthy where he needs to be. Well, that didn't happen. The health was, again, a concern. Some other issues about preparedness and would he be able to handle the workload of a starter. So in the end, they decide when Carlos did come back in 2019, once again, it's as a reliever. Jordan Hicks goes down. Carlos enters the picture as the the full-time closer through the end of the season, had some hiccups in the National League Division Series against the Braves. Uh, you know, th- there was some weirdness surrounding that whole situation. But all in all, you look at the numbers, Carlos did a fine job as the closer. So my issue with, you know, Martinez, I wanted him back in the rotation. I thought that would be best. That was never because I thought he couldn't excel as a reliever. There were times where, you know, it kind of emotions got the best of him perhaps. But he overall, I'll concede, he definitely did a fine job. You look at the numbers, he was a good closer. He saved most of the opportunities that he had, even if I used the phrase Carlos Coaster for a while, talking about him in the ninth inning because you just kind of never knew how it would happen, how he'd get it done. Uh, But more often than not, he did get it done, and that's been true of Cardinals closers in the past. You know, Trevor Rosenthal was that way for a while. Remember, Ryan Franklin had some ups and downs. Sometimes the ninth inning, it's a tricky beast, but... When it comes to Carlos Martinez, my thing was always, I think he's better in the starter role because I think he's a really quality pitcher, and the more innings he can give you, the more impact he can have on a game, on a season. And so that's always what I wanted to see. I said, get Carlos back in a starter's role and let's see what he can do. It's always what Carlos has wanted as well. I'm going to play a clip for you from last night. Mike Schilt kind of diving into what it took to get Carlos from position where he wasn't guaranteed that spot in the rotation entering spring. They truly said you have a chance to compete for it. And talking about what he did in order to earn that spot back, a spot that clearly he coveted for a long time. And then after Mike Schultz talks about Martinez, he kind of dives right into Kwon Young Kim because naturally he he did that before the question was even asked. He said, I'm going to dive into this because I know the next question is coming didn't Kwon Young Kim do everything he could have done to earn a spot in that starting rotation? And you'll hear what Mike Schultz said about that. Then we can kind of dive in and, and digest what the manager had to say, kind of what we think this means for the respective pitchers. And we'll get into a few other pitchers that you know were competing for starting spots, but again, you only have five spots. And so I think the Cardinals are in a pretty good spot 
with pitching depth, but we're going to have you listen to this clip. It's about three minutes long, and then we'll get into some analysis of the situation as it stands. So here's Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. Um, you know, he's he's communicated, understandably, having been a starter in the past and a highly effective starter um, in this league with multiple all-star appearances, that he was one to, to start in the conversation that's pretty well documented. Is, um, and he's done a good job being a good teammate to go in the bullpen and do a nice job for us. Um, but he's set up to start, and he's, he was given clarity on what those expectations were. Um, and to your point, Benjamin, he, he really did a nice job of, of doing that in the first spring training. Um, tremendous focus regardless. He, he had almost as good a focus as anybody in camp, um, irrespective of whether you thought it was a, a drill that was a little more mundane, you know, PFP, Bunning, of course, now that is kind of gone by the wayside. His sides had a focus to every pitch he threw. Um, and then the results, you know, board a witness in spring training, his recovery of what he did was really good. You know, he was able to recover. He's able to build up. He was um, very intentional about what his work looked like in the weight room, what it looked like in the training room um, to be able to recover better, to be able to take care of the, the load that we would expect a starter to have. Um, there was continued conversation with him in the during the break between the two camps um, and then like I said he sent the videos and and um, I know he told you guys he worked up to seven seven innings of simulated game away from away from here and um, came in same focus same attention to detail so at that point you know the guy earned a spot um, and you appreciate the fact that he did it and you know he earned the reward to get back in the rotation um, and you know specific to KK did everything he could to, to have the spot as well. Um, he did absolutely everything you could ask to, to, you know, take care of his spot in the rotation. The fact of the matter is um, there's only so many spots with miles coming back and earning his spot and recovering well and, and being able to give us the look that um, we've seen the last two years. It's he's already been a, a staple in our rotation. So um, that was the decision with Carlos. And um, I may go ahead and answer the next question about, you know, KK's role and, and, um, you know, that look, Carlos was going to be our closer, and now he's in the fifth spot. And the reason K, um, Carlos was our closer because he has multiple pitches he can throw, which is good for righties and lefties. Um, and he's used to being in high leverage situations, and he's got an, an experience behind him that, that says he can do it and um, is willing to do it in Carlos's case. Same, same thing, very similar with KK. Um, willing to do it willing to do whatever it is to help the team has done it in the past. And, and, you know, end of the stretch, he's been asked to go to a bullpen and close out games. Um, experienced guy in KK's situation, you know, um, a, you know, low walks, um, higher ground ball against, you know, both sides, got pitches for righties and lefties, ball moves, experience, high leverage situation. Um, so all those factors come into play that, you know, give us comfortable, uh, be uncomfortable and give us a lot of confidence to put him in that role. And, and um, so that's the, we want to go ahead and declare that. And we had a conversation with both of them the last couple of days and, and everybody's got their head around and they're in a good spot. So that was Cardinals manager, Mike Schilt from Monday night, breaking down what it is that Carlos Martinez actually did actually accomplished in order to earn back a starter role. And I think it's pretty clear you know, the Cardinals put out these parameters. They said, here's what we want to see from you. And really, every step of the way, Carlos Martinez answered the bell. 
And I honestly, I don't think the Cardinals had much choice but to put him back in the rotation. And it's it's easy to say for me because that's the way I viewed this situation all along. If he's healthy enough, if he's mentally prepared enough to handle the rigors of what that workload entails, then I say put him in there because he can be really effective in that role. And as we talked about, even dating back to spring training on previous podcasts, I said the whole time, I don't know who you leave out at this point, but it's going to be somebody inevitably, somebody's ultimately, and we'll get into Daniel Ponce de Leon and Austin Gomber, two guys who pitched really, really well all the way through spring and summer camp and were left out of the starting rotation as well because it's a numbers game. And I said at the time, I don't have an answer for you. I don't know who I would say if you put me on the spot. I put Carlos in, and here's who I take out. And you got to understand things from the Cardinals' perspective a little bit, too. I mentioned the worries that people might have about Dakota Hudson, but when you look at a guy who, at his age last year, in his first full season, 16 wins, 3.35 ERA, I know there are more statistics that people look at to project what a guy's going to do going forward rather than what they've done in the past. And I totally understand that, and I'm on board with those means of evaluation but you also got to look at it from a manager's perspective. How I don't really know how you tell a player who who goes out and does everything that he did, that Hudson did, and has has continued to put in the work this spring and summer. I it's it's tough. I don't. I mean, you could you could make the argument that Kwon Young Kim, if he's a more effective pitcher than Hudson right now, that you could make the argument to flip those two. But I can see from the Cardinals' perspective why that just wasn't going to happen. And the same thing can be said about Miles Michaelis. If he's recovered, if he's healthy, if he says he's good to go and the Cardinals see in his performances that it bears that out, then again, I don't know how you do anything differently than put Miles back in the rotation. And you heard that from Mike Schultz in part of that clip where he said it was a numbers game. And Miles Michaelis is a guy that has been a staple in the Cardinals rotation in the past. They have a lot of respect for what he's done for them. And unfortunately for KK, it's just a situation where he's he's more new to the team and the incumbents in this case were able to all pretty much do their jobs in order to retain the spots that they had in the case of, you know, Michaelis and Hudson and certainly Wainwright and Flaherty. And then you look at the situation with Carlos Martinez, you can almost kind of view him as a guy who was an incumbent because he's been with this team. This team has seen in the past what he's been as a starter for multiple seasons in a row. It's been a little bit different for the past year and a half, but they had that track record in a Cardinals uniform wearing birds on the bat to say this is what it looks like when Carlos Martinez is right. And so I, in my personal opinion, I think Kwon Young Kim, if let's just say hypothetically you ran a six-man rotation, I think Kim would be one of the best three starters. I think that would that would bear out over the course of the, a 60-game season, 162-game season. I think highly of the guy's skill set, and I think so especially in this year that it would be interesting to see you know, what that looks like when other MLB talent, MLB caliber hitters, they don't have any idea what's coming with him. He's kind of a deceptive arm, and it would be a totally new experience for MLB hitters in 2020 because they haven't seen him before. And so perhaps that is something that will benefit the Cardinals in a closer role for Kim because if he's only going one inning at a time, I know you're playing a lot of the same teams over and over and over, But you think about what a ninth inning might look like, the closer might only see three or four of your hitters in that inning if it goes well. And so you might play a three-game series against a team, and it's possible if Kim pitches twice in that series, he's, he's facing different batters each time. And it'll be interesting, too, with the way, you know, we had the whole 
scandal with the Astros, and that was going to have a big impact on the video room anyway this season. But now with social distancing and things of that nature, I it's going to be a different experience for players to try to get you know live video and get information on on pitchers in game. Those scouting reports, game to game, are certainly going to be something they'll look at and they'll devour every piece of live video they can get of Kwon Young Kim because they haven't seen him yet, as I mentioned. But I think it's going to be an advantage for the Cardinals that if you can use him in short bursts, you can kind of potentially delay the inevitable of the league figuring him out. It might take some time. But again, I thought he would have done really well in a starter's role. I understand why it is the way that it is. Um, One thing that I'm kind of curious about is, will they use him like a traditional closer, or or can they be creative? We talked about, with, with Mike Maddox, the pitching coach, Mad Dog, about a week ago, talked about the creativity that could be involved in handling a pitching staff in a 60-game season like this one, where, you know, especially in the Cardinals' case, you've got other guys, and we'll start talking about Ponce and Gomber as well. Um, go ahead and mention, they have been told that they are on the opening day roster. They'll be in the Cardinals' bullpen, both Ponce de Leon and Austin Gomber, and so that's a great deal for them. I don't know that either have been on opening day rosters in the past. I know they've they've come up and down throughout seasons, but I... I and I could be corrected if I'm wrong, but I don't think either of them have been part of that opening day experience. Obviously, this one will be a little bit different because you won't have the fanfare surrounding it that you normally will. But at any rate, it's it's proof of the, the work that these two guys have put in. And I said, dating back, I remember talking about it with you guys in February and in March. Both of them, I think, would be quality, capable starting pitchers on a lot of MLB teams this season. I think if you put Ponce or Gomber, either of them, on a different roster. There's at least a dozen MLB teams where I think these guys would be middle of the rotation arms, not even necessarily back of the rotation. I think you're talking about number threes, number fours on quite a few teams. It just so happens that on the Cardinals this year, with everybody healthy, they're number seven and eight. That's just the way it is right now. And some people have said, what about Helsley? You know, that's another guy who I think I'd love to see in a starting role at some point in the future in Major League Baseball because it's always what he's been in the minors. But every season, it seems like, it's just almost like, look, we've got these other guys, and we know you can throw like 100, so you're going to go to the bullpen. It's what they did with Jordan Hicks. I'm not saying it was a mistake because Hicks certainly, when healthy, you know, get back to that, is is a dynamite player in that late-inning role, and Helsley might end up being the same thing. But, man, I would love to see what talented players can do in a starting role because it's a more valuable role. It just is. If you can pitch six innings in a game and then five days later do it again, as opposed to maybe you'll throw two or three times in the week and only throw a combined three or four innings. It's just It just makes sense that you can impact the game more as a starter. And so it's just the case with the Cardinals that there's so many good, talented arms. We haven't talked about John Gant. Gant struggled at the end of last year where you weren't really sure if the Cardinals were going to bring him back, but they, they gave him that, that contract in arbitration for the season. Got, he got a little bit of a, a paycheck coming to him this year. He's looked pretty solid, though, in, in, in the two camps the Cardinals have had. Another guy that's competed as a starter, but it's like he's so far down the list, it's hard to even really give any legitimate consideration to the fact that he might have had a chance. And so that's where it is with with these guys. They're all going to be in the bullpen for the Cardinals. I think in the case of Ponce and Gomber, talking about the, the Mike Maddox theory of can we be a little creative here, could those be guys that come in to multi-inning roles? And I don't even suggest that to say that the Cardinals' starting staff isn't built up and ready to handle the rigors of going five, six, seven innings I think they are. Mike Schultz certainly thinks they are, and that's kind of the way he approaches this every time this question's asked. And and what I'm asking, I'm I'm kind of getting into the idea of okay, even if these guys can go five or six innings, 
is it a possibility to say we're going to do it a little differently and if our starter one day is Jack Flaherty, maybe we bring, you know, if he goes six, we bring Austin Gomber in for the seventh, eighth, and ninth. You throw a different look at a guy because you've got a, a righty like Flaherty, and then you go to a lefty in in Gomber. Or then maybe Dakota Hudson, for instance, I think could pair well with Ponce de Leon because Hudson kind of works sinkers and tries to get your ground balls. Ponce, is, the name of his game is the high fastball, and he, he attacks you that way. And so you can change eye levels on hitters. Could that be a situation where Hudson goes five, and Ponce goes four and finishes the game. I think that would be a really interesting theory to kind of try out this season. I don't get the sense the more I hear from Mike Schultz that they're going to quite go as creative as as I think would be fun to see. Uh, and, and specific to KK, he was asked, could he be a guy that could come in and make a, have a three-inning save or a two-inning save uh, on multiple occasions just because he is built up as a starter? You know, in his last outing that I saw, he went five innings uh, and, and shut down the Cardinals' offense. So, Kwon Young Kim built up to be a starter. Could you kind of fuse that into the closer role and say, hey, you know, every game matters. We're going to kind of play this like a playoff situation, and Kim is going to pitch, you know, let's just say the eighth and ninth. That's something you just don't see that often where closers go multiple innings. I think at minimum Kim could could have multi-inning saves where it's just two innings or or you, you shouldn't hesitate to think he could go an inning in two-thirds if the situation calls for it. I'll be interested to see how the Cardinals and Mike Schultz handle that. Schultz kind of pushed back on the idea that they were going to be overly overly creative with that, and it makes it sound like Kim would be in a, a more traditional closer role than a guy that could could be, you know, I, I hesitate to use the, quote, Andrew Miller role that he was with uh, the Indians and the Yankees or whatever in the playoffs in years past where he, when you get into a postseason series, you had Andrew Miller who was lights out at the time, and he was able, you know, at the top of his game, he was able to go multiple innings and finish games, and it was just like a cheat code for what he was able to do in that postseason. We talk about how the 60-game season is kind of like an extended playoffs. Would the Cardinals consider doing that with Kim, considering his skill set? It, it sounds like maybe not to the extent that I would think it would be fun to fun to check out if that could happen, but, you know, time will tell, right? And And Kim obviously won't be able to pitch every day, and so you're going to have other guys out there. I think Giovanni Gallegos and people wondering about him. I saw some comments about that. Like, why isn't Gallegos the closer? He was, he was their best reliever last year. You got to understand that he's only been recently cleared and whether he's ready for opening day remains not 100% certain. Um, he's probably leaning toward a little bit more likely to be ready than say Alex Reyes is just, they haven't been in camp long enough. And so they've got to, got to build up and, and get up to game speed. And so, in the case of Giovanni Gallegos, I think it just makes sense that even if he is ready for opening day, you're not ready to just anoint him, you know, the closer from day one, especially considering that he really wasn't the closer last year. It was Carlos Martinez for the bulk of that season. And so, Gallegos, if he's as sharp as he was last season, he could be in that same role that he was last year. And that's a dangerous combination at the back end of a bullpen where you don't have to specifically limit Gallegos to the eighth inning or the seventh inning, whatever. You can bring him in in the high leverage spot preceding the end of the game. And then Kim can maybe be that lockdown guy at the end of your bullpen. And so uh, does does Kim's skill set necessarily fit? It's not like he throws 98 like a lot of times you see closers doing. And so, you know, is that is that going to be a detriment to his ability to, to finish the ninth? I don't think so because I think he's got a lot of different pitches he can throw when he's a, he's a pitch maker and he works fast 
And man, I think that combination of working quickly and the opponents not knowing what's coming or having any idea with the deception that he possesses, I think that could be a dangerous combination at the end of the Cardinals' bullpen. And hopefully Helsley, you know, can be sharp and be another guy that fits in there. You talk about Andrew Miller. Um, If he's healthy and ready to go, he had some issues in spring, but has looked healthy and has looked really sharp at times. I think he's really gotten better as the, the camp, the summer camp has gone along for Andrew Miller. And so get to see what he looks like. You know, Junior Fernandez will be another guy in that mix. Interested to see if they put Oviedo on the roster. Imagine that you will see him. If you do, it'll be in a, in a, in a situation where he's going to start develop into that late inning guy that you could have. Um, I think we'll see Cody Whitley at some point or another, another guy that looked really sharp in the spring and, and will be in that mix for a, a roster spot as well. And if he's not, they have to carry a, uh, another pitcher on the, the taxi squad, the three-man taxi squad. Once they whittle it down to 26 uh, players, I think they'll still have that taxi squad of three players that travel with um, travel with the club to, to road games in case you know somebody tests positive, whatever the case may be, an injury happens, you've got guys there that are ready to roll. And since there's no minor league games for them to play anyway, you, know, you could be at that camp in Springfield, but that's going to be a little bit of a modified camp. You're not playing legitimate real games every day. And so having those guys with you, uh, I correct myself, I don't think you have to have a pitcher. You do have to have a catcher on that list, but the Cardinals have talked about having at least one pitcher. And if they go with 16 pitchers on that initial 30-man roster, which is what it sounded like from last night, Mike Schultz said they're going to do, that 17th arm that remains in camp I think will end up being part of that taxi squad. So bullpen shaking out to to be something interesting. I know that uh, and, and Alex Ray is too, I think, maybe not quite ready for opening day, but they'll hopefully get him up to speed before too long to where he can have an opportunity to impact the team in a positive way and certainly could, if he's healthy and, and pitching well, could develop into a late-inning guy for St. Louis as well. So interesting to see how the whole bullpen shakes out. I'm most intrigued to see what Ponce and Gomber can do. If you're talking from a, a fantasy baseball perspective, those are two guys that if you've got a lot of extra roster room, I know one of my leagues I looked in, we had a bunch of injured list spots that had been added because whenever guys test positive, I think it's only fair to go ahead and be able to put those guys on the injured list and pick up a replacement. And so if you've got some extra spots, I, first of all, pick up Kim if you haven't already. He's going to be the closer, and that's guaranteed saves. Uh, so go ahead and do that. Um, but I would also venture to say, you know, Ponce and Gomber are two guys that are pretty interesting to me. Um, you know, if and when a starter does get hurt because – or heaven forbid, test positive for COVID, you're going to have to have somebody fill in. And I think if they're committed to putting Kim in that closer role, the guys that are most equipped to fill in as starters are going to be Ponce or Gomber uh, because you're probably not, you don't have a minor leagues to send somebody to, to be the, you know, in the Memphis rotation. That's not a thing here. And so they'll do the best they can to keep these guys stretched out, out of the bullpen. And when the time comes that you need somebody, you can throw Ponce or Gomber in that situation. Maybe if they've been throwing shorter stints, it takes them a few starts to get back to full speed of, yes, I can go six, seven, eight innings, but they could probably go four out of the gate. And then you can, you can do some mopping up with the bullpen or you can piggyback both of them. Austin Gomber and Ponce can both go four innings and then, you know, you can attack games that way. So, I think both those guys are going to have roles, and, and I think they're both very effective. And so from a fantasy perspective, from a keep an eye on the Cardinals perspective, I'm very intrigued to see what those guys can do. But I, I think the big takeaway, too, excited to see what Carlos can do back out of the rotation. I know it's been a while, but go back and look. Check out his stats from 2015 to 2017, the only three seasons where he was a full-time MLB starter. 
and I've done this on fan graphs too, where you look and compare those three seasons and just where he ranks across all MLB starters, it's pretty highly. It's definitely within the top 30, and I want to say it's top 20 or so in a lot of statistical categories to where, you know, that's that's ace-caliber material for Carlos Martinez and what he's been, and so perhaps he can be that again, and officially he'd be doing that as the number four or five starter, you know, the fifth guy to take his turn potentially. doesn't mean he's the, the fifth best starter, but that's kind of where the Cardinals are going to have him slotted. And I mentioned earlier when I was running down the rotation, I think it makes sense kind of too. like some people say, Adam Wainwright, I love the guy, but is he really the second best starter? Why is he the number two? I think you're reading in a little bit too much to that situation. Um, for one, it's always been the case that, that you want to kind of kind of pay your homage to the veteran players and, and give them opportunities. But I think it just makes sense that you look at his, his numbers at home last year. Don't look at it as, yes, if the Cardinals were in a playoff series, these are the way they order their rotation. I think you can look at it as, okay, Flaherty's your best pitcher, put him number one. Would you rather have Wainwright facing the Pirates at home or go to Minnesota on the road? I think he'd be more comfortable in that home situation. He'd tell you he, it doesn't matter either way, but, I mean, you can look at what the numbers bore out last season. I know there won't be fans at Bush when they do it this year, but I think it just makes sense to say I, I think you give yourself a better chance to win all your games if you say, let's go Wainwright here at home and let's put you know Carlos Martinez on the road. Dakota Hudson's going to get a chance to pitch at home as well. He'll face the Pirates. And then you'll have Miles Michaelis on the road in that Minnesota series. So that's kind of the way the first five games are going to shake out for the Cardinals. I think, uh, you know, if we're getting really into the nitty-gritty, opportunity to definitely win your opening series. And then you're going to face a really tough Minnesota team that I think uh, when I do my uh, predictions, which I'll have to, to finish up in the next day or two for what what's going to happen this season. Minnesota is a team that I expect to do really well because they led the majors in homers last year. They've just got such a dynamite offense. And, you know, expect their pitching to maybe improve a little bit off of what it was a year ago. I think they've added a couple guys um, off the top of my head. Can't really remember. Uh, Maeda, I think they got from the Dodgers. So they're going to be in a position potentially to make some noise. And the Cardinals are going to get them pretty early in the campaign. So it should be exciting to see. But that's going to wrap it up for this edition of B-Shave Daily. I'll be heading down to Bush Stadium later today on Tuesday. Cardinals will have their game 515 uh, another intra-squad, and then on Wednesday they'll play the Royals in an exhibition game at Bush Stadium, and so I'll be in the ballpark for that one as well, and we'll try to bring you the information that we can from both those, and then on Fridays when the season gets going. So excited to be back doing the show for you guys. Uh, please do subscribe if you have not done so already. Set up for your downloads to be able to get the episodes whenever they do go live, and you can subscribe at Spotify. You can subscribe at Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts has us as well, and uh, Anchor.fm is where we we host the show as well, so you can check it out on there. That's where uh, all the places you can find B-Shape Daily. And, of course, uh, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter if you don't do that already. It's at B-Shafer12. I'm B-Shafer12 pretty much anywhere you want to look, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as well. So appreciate you guys once again for joining the show, and we will talk to you tomorrow.